Good evening, everyone. So sorry, technical difficulties. Now you see them gremlins are out there trying to mess with me because they know that I had some good stuff for you. So because we're so late, what I'm gonna have to do is I'm gonna have to stay a little later, record a little longer, not on the channel though, because you know, Big Brother Ben is coming right after me at nine o'clock. So you definitely gotta stay away. See, I, I mean, this gives you guys a great warm up. So welcome to an abridged version of The Way With Anoa tonight. Shout out to our producers who are working really hard I mean, this like, with the exception of one other time, we rarely ever have issues like this with the OBS or, or, or you know, random computer stuff. <sighs> I tell you, gremlins, the gremlins, the gremlins are trying to keep me down. But you know what? Together, we will rise and we will be fine. So um, I'm going to do just, a, I'm going to do a special segment and have that up later on tonight for you. What I, what else I was going to cover? You know, I was having, I had some, some comic book stuff. I had so much to talk to y'all about. But anyway, um, I have an interview tonight with Barry Welsh of the 6th Congressional District of Indiana. And that is definitely a really important interview. And we had to send him a new link and he is being so gracious and joining us. Craziness. But um, just want to say thank you to you guys for joining us again, you know, despite the delay. Um, and Barry's coming in now. And so we're going to have a, a really great conversation, I think. I mean, we've talked so much about... Um, our revolution and, and, and what this movement that we've all been a part of over the past year really means. And, and part of that is not only talking to and voting for great candidates like, like, like Barry, um, but it's also getting behind them, right? And providing them the, the resources, the support that they need to not only be successful in, in the electoral side of things, but, but once they actually get into office. I mean, we've talked about this many times. You know, we might elect great candidates, but then we leave them hanging by themselves to fight the bad, you know, fight the good fight all alone. We have to stay active and involved no matter what happens, whether our candidates win or lose. Hopefully they win, of course. But we have to still continue to be engaged in our districts at the local, state, congressional level always. Um, so without further ado, I'd like to introduce my, my guest for the evening, Mr. Barry Welsh. How are you, Barry? I'm very good, thank you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. You're coming in loud and clear. Awesome. I can see you. I can hear you. This is wonderful. Thank you awesome. so much. Just just tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, what made you run for office. Just sure. I've read some interesting things about you, but I figure I'll let you speak for yourself. <laughs> okay. Um, actually, I got involved in politics in 2004 and uh, ran for state senate. And uh, 2006 okay. and 2008, I ran against Mike Pence, uh, someone that you're uh, oh, yeah. may recognize the name. I uh, ran against him in District 6. I ran uh, progressive grassroots uh, campaigns in 2006 and 2008 against uh, the then congressman. So it was a little bit ahead of my time, and I, mm -hmm. got, uh, I got kind of frustrated, and I dropped out of politics for a while. And then um, I was sitting on the couch one night um, back in uh, December of 2015, and this guy comes on the TV from Vermont and uh -huh. starts talking directly to me, telling me that I need to get things done, that I need to get off the couch, that I need to, to put um, my skills and, and my abilities to use for the good of America. And I joined a movement that night. And... Um, a couple of months later, I filed to run for Congress for uh, uh, another time. This time, I'm not running against the entrenched Mike Pence or against um, a unified Republican Party. It's a pretty right. big party, and um, I'm running against a guy that uh, is uh, 
he's a former legal advisor to the Koch brothers and is a bought and paid for politician that basically cares about um, his own self-interest and his, his own future more than he does the people of this district and somebody had to stand up and run against him. When we talk about symbolic wins, I mean, your race, even for those of us who are not in your district, I mean, sticking one to somebody who's in with the Koch brothers, that would be like <laughs> epic, epic. Um, for the movement as a whole. So definitely, I mean, there's so so many reasons why I said it. So, so you ran you ran for, for state, state, a state race in 2004, then 2006, and 2008. Running a grassroots like thinking about then compared to now, right? Running a grassroots progressive campaign, like what has changed? What have you learned? How has the technology side maybe played any? The the technology side's played a lot. Um, mm -hmm. I know into what into what we're trying to do. Um, in I, I'm in the Library of Congress as one of the founding fathers of internet politics. We had the first uh, uh, totally online campaign headquarters, virtual campaign headquarters uh, nice. back in 2008. So um, we, we utilized the technology back then, but it's grown so much and there are so many other, uh, there are so many other mediums and right. other channels to uh, reach out that it makes it easier as a grassroots candidate to get your message out, but at the same time, not everybody's uh, not everybody's connected to social media, and we still have to reach to the the people, especially the people in the middle, uh, right. that to determine this election. So that's why fundraising's relatively important for what we're trying to do here. Um, I'm trying to raise a hundred thousand dollars. If I raise a hundred thousand dollars, I think I'm going to win this campaign against somebody that's got three million dollars, um, because. The way we do it, we do everything with volunteers. Mm -hmm. and, uh, the only paid person on our staff is our treasurer, and okay. he's given me a reduced break because she, uh, <laughs> she's a longtime friend. So um, uh, it can be done, and I believe I, I honestly believe I'm going to be the first Bernie Krat, um, our revolution, whatever label you want to put on it. I'm going to be the first Congressperson elected. Um, and it's going to be this November, and it's going to shock the world, and the revolution starts right here in Indiana's 6th District. I think that's awesome. Um, what, what, just, just in thinking about some of the issues that are, that are present, I mean, I mean, there are so many things that run, run the gamut across the country, you know, we, we living, getting closer to a living wage, um, you know, climate change and other environmental issues, just to, you know, making sure there's equitable development and opportunity for jobs and, 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 you know, meaningful engagement around education for our families. But what are some of the issues that you really feel like are, are affecting, you know, your fellow citizens in the 6th Congressional District? Well, personally, I'm I'm running to get big money out of politics. I'm running mm -hmm. to get the bought and paid for politicians uh, to give them notice that their time their time has come and gone. Um, as far as uh, the environment's a prime example, the Ohio River here uh, borders our southern part of the district, and for right. the seventh, for the seventh year in a row, it's been the most polluted waterway in America, and to me, that's unacceptable. Uh, we hear from the so-called experts that it's at an acceptable level of pollution. To me, that's code for, well, we're going to keep polluting it until it's unacceptable. And um, yeah. if, you know, if people want to go along with that, that's fine. But uh, and, and I was really disappointed in the Democratic Party at the Philadelphia Convention. We didn't, we didn't have a caucus. Uh, we didn't have a seminar. We didn't have anything on climate change or, uh, or 
on the environment. Okay. And, uh, and this party, I thought the Democratic Party should be leading. Uh, we should be leading the world and making the world cleaner and uh, better for our futures. And, and instead, we, we pretty much ignored everything at the convention, and I was really disappointed in that. So you were there at the convention, correct, yes. as a delegate? Yes, I was um, a just as, delegate. Just to segue, just for just a brief minute about that, because, you know, even though, you know, everyone's like, okay, the convention happened, move on. You know, just give us just a little bit of your sense of that. I mean, it takes a lot for people to get there, for one, right? Even you, yes. you, you become a pledge delegate, and then you still have to get there. You have to, it's a week away from your regular life, right? Right. Um, and like you were, you just you just made a great point about how there were no breakouts, no real you know opportunity to discuss this issue. One of the issues that are so important, important um, you know, issues around climate change and right. the environment, fracking. I mean, there's all types of stuff which just seem to be kind of put on the back burner right now by this current iteration of the Democratic Party. How do you? How was your experience? You know, just just briefly, because I want to get back to your actual campaign and stuff, but just just. Since you mentioned the, the the convention, how was your experience that week, and what did you take away from it? Uh, when I got back, the the one question that I got asked most often was, "Did you have fun?" Uh, no, I did not have anything close to fun. Um, I didn't I didn't see the Liberty Bell. I didn't see Carpenters Hall, Independence Hall. Mm -hmm. uh, it was it was not a fun time. Um, it was a tumultuous time, I'll put it that way. Um, I felt, a, a, as a congressional candidate, I had I had a little bit different view than than maybe the normal delegate, but right. at the same time, at the same time, I I saw the sneers and the eye rolls and the talk of those Bernie people, and um, right. you know, <laughs> hey, I I wish somebody would tell the Democratic Party that those Bernie people are the ones responsible for the platform. And uh, and while they expect us to get in line behind them, they ought to be recognizing what we've done for the party. Um, I'm an anti-establishment independent. As I said, I dropped out of politics after 2010, and uh, I would not have gotten back in had it not been for Senator Sanders because I just lost faith in trying to get anything done. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, I hate to say it. I really hate to say it, but... I don't see a lot of difference in the Democrat and Republican parties on the national level, and, okay. and to me that is uh, that is sad. I grew up in a union family. My my dad worked at a Chrysler plant. One of my sisters okay. worked at the Chrysler plant in Newcastle, Indiana, and then and in uh, Indianapolis, Indiana, and um, so I grew up in a union family. And it used to be the Democratic Party was about the working people. And the Republican Party was for the rich, and that's the way you decided which party you followed. Um, today, I just I'm not seeing a lot of difference between in substance between the Republicans and the Democrats, and uh, and I want to get elected to make sure that those platform um, pillars are put into place, and they're not just talk. They're not just something that. Uh, the Democrats decided they would give us Bernie Sanders people so that we'd fall in line. That's right. not all. It's change that we need. It's change that we're fighting for. And uh, you don't just fight for a year and a half to change something and then all of a sudden get in line behind what you were trying to change. 
Right, exactly. I think that's like one of the things that, especially as we look at the launch of Bernie Sanders' official launch of Our Revolution, his next step, right, in this political process tomorrow. Um, You know, I think it's 2,300 house parties and other gatherings. Over 2,300 are up on the map and stuff. Like, it's really great. I mean, people were expecting people to just, like you said, just go along with whatever's happening. I think people really forget that this was a, this was more than just Bernie. This was about changing the way business is done in America, really addressing issues that have been percolating for, for, for decades in many instances to really bring things forward and not have to continue, you know, backsliding and then moving forward and, and so forth. Um, so that was just, just a really great, you know, point, a reminder for people that, that we are trying to move things forward, not just continue to maintain the status quo. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thinking about what you just said about being an anti-establishment independent candidate, <laughs> um, how do you see yourself being able to work within Congress? Uh, I'm going to be a pain in the uh, a pita is what I call it. P-I-T-A. <laughs> I'm going to be a pain in the uh, posterior uh, uh-huh. Congress. I'm not. I'm not going out there to advance myself. I'm not going out there to be a senator and then run for governor somewhere. I'm. You know, this is not career for me. This is a six to eight year position, and then we develop an organization within this district that somebody mm-hmm. comes along that has the same values and replaces me. That's that's what this is about. This isn't about uh, a career in anything. So I, I'm going out to Washington, D.C. To, to rage against the machine, to yell about what needs to be yelled out about. And I'm not, I'm not going to be worried about where my office is located or, mm-hmm. you know, who has a big, you know, that's, there's too much to be done. And, right. And I like what you just said about, about staying there for a fixed period of time to then be able to to help develop the talent behind you right. to be able to pass the torch. Because how right. many of our districts do we have people who've been there over our parents' and grandparents' lifetime as well? Exactly. <laughs> I love Senator Byrd, you know, I mean, you know, Senator Byrd, from, I, I lived in West Virginia for seven years, and before y'all start with those with those memes about Senator Byrd when he was in the KKK, just stop. Yeah. But um, but no, seriously, like Senator Byrd, someone who's very well respected, but I mean, he had been in Congress for like, I don't know, 40, 40 some odd years or whatever. I mean, decades, several generations within families at some point. So that's just one example. That came. Um, Strom Thurmond was another one, someone who was in Congress for decades. We have so many people like that. Um, so I like I like that too. Like you, like you're thinking about okay, I'm going to do a job for this period of time. It's almost like an an imposed term limit, right? To right. be able to make sure that another voice gets in there and continues to work. Absolutely, yes, it is. And uh, and and I'm all for term limits too. If I can get enough people behind me in Washington D.C. to fight for that, we'll be we'll be fighting for that too because. Uh, uh, I don't think the Constitution. I don't think the founding fathers had in mind career politicians. I I think they they had in mind public servants that you come mm-hmm. and serve your people, and then uh, you go home and go back to private life. And right. I think that's the model that that the the founding fathers intended the country to be run on. And well, they and also they, didn't expect people to live to be like 70, 80, 90 years old too. either. That's probably. True too. <laughs> That's Medical true. advancement probably has extended what, what 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 the founding fathers originally envisioned. <laughs> well, yeah, and you know, we're not don't even touch on the Second Amendment when you know gun right rules were based on muskets and not on 
automatically. Exactly. So, exactly. I mean, That's a whole yeah. other. But getting uh, back to what you were saying about um, about getting big big money out of politics, there was a there was a piece I just read on BillMoyers.com. It was about how big money can affect small races, and your races, particularly with the with the, with the Koch brother um, connection, is definitely right. an example. Um, in that in that instance, uh, it was talking about basically how Zephyr Teachout in New York has challenged. Um, some of the super PAC contributors of her opponent has challenged into a debate. But I think that so many people overlook the way big money, especially in this in this election cycle, right? We do have a fractured national Republican Party. We have large interests who are either defecting to the Democratic nominee or they're just sitting out the right. presidential race, you know, but they're, they're, they have their eyes on these down-ballot races. So how do we, you know, continue to support, like, your efforts, for example, in the 6th District as you move forward in your campaign? Well, I'm, I'm trying to use Bernie's model, and uh, I'm, I'm hoping to reach enough people across the country. Um, if if 10,000 former Berniecrats give me $17, that's $170,000, and we win this election. Um, it's, it's plain and simple. Um, we get the word out. There hasn't been a TV ad run by a Democrat in the northern part of the 6th District in the Indianapolis TV market for almost 20 years. So just getting an ad up is newsworthy, and it creates a story, and, and it helps to drive the message. So, um, yeah, we're... That's that's so. Is the assumption is that that part of your district just wouldn't vote Democrat, so they don't bother, or? Um, there, well, it's a it's a pretty depressed economic district as well, okay. and okay. Uh, and there's just not a lot of money in the okay. district, and uh, without help from the DCCC okay. or the okay. DNC, and there hasn't been any help out here, you know, for since uh, the Honorable Phil Sharp was um, a congressman here, and that was back in the 70s and 80s. So. Oh, wow. Okay, so yeah. quite some time. Right. And so and the way I look at it is uh, the more I stand up, the more vocal I am about what I'm doing and, and what we're trying to get accomplished out here, the more people stand up behind me. Uh, right. Because Bernie won this district just like I did. Uh, in my primary, there were four other people. I was in a five-person primary, last name Welsh. So I was at the I was at the bottom of the ticket, but yet we won by double digits, and um, we did that by getting out on the ground and working with Bernie people. So I know the Bernie people are out here; they're just not vocal, they're not um, they're not active, but they vote. And, right. and so the more vocal I become, um, the more they have somebody to rally behind, and the okay. easier to get this done. And we make that we make that first crack, we make that first crack on election night. That sends a message to the West Coast. It sends a message to the rest of the country that this can be done, it will be done, and the revolution goes on. I love it. So I just, I um, again, shout out to Amanda and Jamie who helped pull this all together for us, you know, helped us connect. Um, so Amanda actually has sent me a couple of issues that were going on locally. Um, okay. There's the, the Bright 74 projects. Yeah, they're trying, to, they're trying to put a uh, an on ramp into uh, an interstate that goes through the district to make it easier for for people commuting to Cincinnati, and, uh -huh. and local people are standing up against that. So, I mean, so from what from just a little bit I read, does it actually like what is proposed? Will, will, will what is proposed actually 
make it easier, or is it some you know somebody's pet project someplace? Um, I haven't I haven't got that deep into it. Okay. Initially, it seems like a pet project. Um, okay. Okay. But uh, I, I honestly I haven't gotten that deep. Okay. Okay. Um, is it? Is there? But is there a lot of traffic between your area and Cincinnati? Do people like commute for yes. work or? Yeah. Okay. A lot, a lot of people, especially in the southern part of the district. See, my my district's nineteen counties. Okay. Uh, oh wow, that's a large area. Yeah, it's like running. It's like running for governor of New Hampshire as far as square miles that we right. have. Right. Okay. So. Um, that is a large area. Yeah, this the southern part of the district. A lot of people uh, work in Cincinnati. The northern part of the district, a lot of people work in uh, Indianapolis or travel to Dayton, Ohio to work. So okay. uh, the interstate systems are important in this area, and of course for commerce as well. Right. Uh, uh, but the one, the one thing about the Bright 74 that I really need to look into is, is the potential environmental issues. Because okay. there, there yeah. are some wetlands down there, there's the Whitewater River, there's some other things down there that uh, uh, that we need to get a little bit more involved in, but at the same time, it's going to primarily be a state issue as far as whether that uh, okay whether that ramp comes in. Now, if you if you follow 74 towards Ohio, uh, you're going to run into Lawrenceburg, Indiana, right on the Ohio River. And Lawrenceburg, we're trying to get a port put into Lawrenceburg. Uh, okay. We th we think a port will help with shipping, uh, with manufacturing, and um, we, we need to be utilizing our ports, our waterways. We need to be building bridges to our neighboring states, creating mm -hmm. jobs and commerce. And um, uh, I, I think that is potentially something that's been overlooked that could be very exciting, uh, a, a new port in Lawrenceburg on the Ohio River. I think infrastructure development, especially in the, what you're talking about, bridge building. Um, my partner is an iron worker, so he builds bridges. <laughs> yeah. So I'm definitely all for it. He worked at... Um, he worked in a fort. Is it Fort Fort Wayne? Fort Wayne. He was somewhere. He was somewhere in Indiana for quite some time, working and building bridges and doing other stuff. So no, I'm definitely all for. I mean, it's it's good work. It's needed work, and and it's not just. I mean, it does definitely provide needed, skilled opportunities. Um, good union jobs, right? But at the same time. Our infrastructure is, is is crumbling nationwide, and so opportunities to invest are definitely important. I mean, and it serves so many benefits. It's not only our bridges and our roads, but uh, also our water lines. I mean, yes, Michigan. Uh, you know, it's it's just it's happening in uh, East Chicago, um, in in the northwestern part of Indiana. Mm -hmm. uh, we've had, I think, in April there was a, a study out that that uh, 40 different water lines, uh, 40 different water dispenser uh, locations had uh, over the legal limit of lead. So we've got some potential problems in Indiana that uh, that Michigan might just be the, um, you know, the point of the spears vote, so to right. speak. And we've got some water problems not only throughout the Midwest, but possibly throughout the country. Yeah, um, like I, like I had mentioned earlier, I living in West Virginia. I lived in Charleston, West Virginia, when we had a big chemical spill two and a half years ago. Right. And the pipelines, the old the old system and stuff, like they they say in West Virginia, like no two pipe systems on even on the same block are the same. You got old copper pipes. Someone put it, it's a it's a mess. But the system to overhaul the system to actually fix it, it was some it was just like similar to Flint, some ridiculous amount of money that. 
no one is taking the time to actually invest and figure out how to do so. I'm definitely so. I am unfortunately running out of time because Ben comes on at nine o'clock right after me. Um, but so just to kind of give me like your closing elevator pitch, like okay. um, we're in an elevator and I need to vote for you. Why? Um, because I'm not bought and paid for. Number one, I'm going to work for the people, not for myself. And uh, because I believe it's time for a change. I believe people have had enough. And, uh, and they're ready to be represented, not just told what they're expected to do. Uh, awesome. I think somebody to listen to them. Uh, and if I spend more time listening than I do talking, I'm going to be successful. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, please donate to Act Blue. Find me on Act Blue and uh, look me up on Facebook. Uh, Welshforcongress.com is going to be coming out soon. We're getting the website up. And no, thank you so much for. Well, definitely, seriously, once you get I your website and stuff up, definitely send us one. Definitely send us the website once you get back up. Let's get you scheduled to come back. So on the night when I don't have technical difficulties, and we can talk some more. Because I'm serious, like, like, uh, I'm, I'm, I gotta find out what I can do to help you. Because seriously, like, this is so exciting. I, I just, like I said before we came on, I love talking to those of you who are taking the leap and running because. I truly feel like we have a great cadre of public servants willing to step out there, and we definitely need to do what we can to support you um, in those endeavors. So as soon as the, the new website is up, definitely send me the link, and we'll get it out there. And um, whatever help you need social media-wise, let me know because I'm, I'm, all, I'm all on this. The revolution goes on. The revolution goes on. Thank you. Good night. Night. Um, so that was my abridged version of The Way with the Noah. Uh, I will. I had some other stuff that I want to talk about. Like I said, um, our revolution uh, kicks off tomorrow. Um, Women's Equality Day is this Friday, um, and I had a few little news and pop culture tidbits. So check out because you guys know I've been doing a podcast um, as well. So tonight's show, as well as my podcast, are all on my website, thewaywithanoah.com. Um, which is hosted by Podcast Revolution. Shout out to Michael Salamon and the rest of the career podcast revolution. We also have a new project, Your Podcast, which I am going to tweet out some information about tonight. We are posting weekly questions to kind of get your feedback and your insights so that you can be involved, right? Kind of, kind of, you know, helps with the dilemma of not having a live call in always. Working on it. You know, this is a work in progress, really trying to work hard to build out the team, and also help upgrade uh, my production so that I can continue providing you with quality news, political insight, and a little bit of fun, you know, every once in a while. And also great interviews with, with awesome people who are doing good work. So again, this is The Way with Noah. Definitely appreciate you guys for hanging in there. Um, next week is always a new week, and we will definitely have the technical stuff worked out by then. Hopefully my new computer <laughs> working on it. It's a work in progress, but I appreciate all of you guys for hanging in there and supporting always. Um, if you are interested in helping out with social media research or um, graphics, I mean, hit me up. Let me know. Have a suggestion about an interview. I mean, this interview was just made possible because someone was like, hey, got a great candidate. Would you consider interviewing him? I'm like, sure, I'm down. Um, you know, Project Sandy is kind of the same way. So it's been, you know, you, you, you shoot us good information. We're going to follow through because we do this. I mean, we're a team. You guys are part of the team, you know, and I need you. So I appreciate you guys. Have a great evening and I'm out. Peace.